A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation to help you drift off. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and I hope you listen and sleep. Joining me today is a guest who I really love following your social media. I love hear, hearing what you do. Let me welcome Danny Stover to uh, the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining the Insomnia Project. You do a podcast that is very Toronto-centric, and this podcast, The Insomnia Project, we're proud to be Canadian podcasters and to be from Toronto, and we have a lot of listeners from overseas who I think have really learned a lot about Toronto by listening to this podcast, at least before they drift off. Your podcast is called Only in Toronto. Yes. Or Only in Toronto, as I would say it. Yes. Uh, It's weird because I... Sometimes I just say the Blog Teal podcast. Um, because you're also part of Blog Teal. We'll talk right. about that in a moment. Yeah. Um, so Only in Toronto is basically the opposite of this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's fast and dirty. Um, and it's like a micropod. So it comes out Monday through Friday around 4 o'clock um, in the afternoon. And it's 10 minutes of your kind of daily Toronto news, a new restaurant or a new business, um, and then some events that are coming up. So it's it's really to the point. Um, it's very Toronto centric. Um, yeah. And it's, I don't, I can't compare it to anything else. Cause I don't know of another podcast that's doing this kind of format. Sure. Yeah. I feel like every city should have only in blank. Oh yeah. Because I, w- I we're going to Salt Lake city at the end of this month. And I wish there was something that I could just listen even on the plane and be like, Oh, I want to check this out. I want to check that out. Yeah. I think it's a good um, it's a good model, and I think um, it's it's helped me too to kind of learn about like what's going on in my city. And it's, what has surprised you that you've learned by doing your podcast? I mean, it's it's funny because I come from a radio background, so yes. it, it's there, there's a couple things at play here. The one thing is that radio is kind of um, this thing that's just always been readily available, and we all know what radio looks like and sounds like. Um, and then there's also kind of that impending doom about radio. Sure. Um, with podcasting, it's like, come on in, the water's fine, we're all here. Um, so it's kind of a different headspace that I've had to get into. Right. Um, learning about the editorial world as well. It just sometimes, and seeing some of the vitriol that gets spit at sure. like certain things. So, like for example, what comes up for me is Chair Girl. Here's this young woman mm-hmm. who was drinking with friends and threw a patio chair off a high-rise condo in downtown Toronto. Thankfully, never do this, listeners. Never it's do very it. dangerous, and you will not be loved by anyone. No, um, and so she just—it was the perfect. I mean, it was the perfect crime in the sense that no one was hurt, thank God. Um, but she's kind of become this villain, yes. this Toronto villain, yeah. and so people love to hate her. Sure. And just even the moniker chair girl, it's just like, we know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. And um, 
and she's kind of this like very present person. Mm. She's on social media. She's like that girl. Right. Um, yeah. And so those types of stories that I'm like, really? People have a thirst for these stories. Mm. They hate them, but they interact with them. So it's just those kinds of things where people are like, why are you covering this? And it's like, well, because you keep talking That's about right. it. <laughs> Only in Toronto is a daily podcast exploring cultural, food, news, and events in the city. Mm-hmm. And if you are coming to Toronto, I definitely suggest you check it out. Um, we were talking earlier, and you had mentioned that you went to a hoedown yesterday. <laughs> yes. I'd love to know more about that. Um, it was so fun. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so yeah, What better like... person to speak to than the host of Only in Toronto, <laughs> who also is part of BlogTO, to tell me about this? I so have, I'm so fortunate. Yeah. It was a friend's birthday, and she's like, yeah, we're doing this hoedown. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get out of the house. Um, so it's at Dover Courthouse, which is like Dover Court and Bloor. Those um, are streets in Toronto for yep, international listeners. Um, I know. I forget. I'm not talking to just Toronto people. <laughs> I always sort well, of you know, try. The annex. I, I always try to define for our international listeners, and then I have friends who are like, "Stop saying that. People <laughs> will figure it out. They understand that Mississauga is a place just outside of Toronto is another <laughs> place. They can figure it out." I'm like, I know, but sometimes I listen to podcasts where I'm like, oh, I want to know what what that is precisely. I think so. I apologize if any of you gets frustrated with my definition of terms especially for our Canadian listeners. Uh, no, but it's a good reminder for me. So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like this place, like a legion-type place, sure. you know, those kind of like... Um, it's basically staying alive because of the community people, and they host all these random events. So I think once a month they do, like, hoedowns, or they do uh, swing dancing, or they do blues dancing. So you pay, like, 20 bucks. There's a live band. Um, you go in, and there's a woman on the mic that's like, okay, find a partner, and I'm going to teach you the moves. Wow. So it's like promenade, which is just walking with your partner hand mm-hmm. in hand, um, you know, the do si and she teaches you the basics, and you pick them up pretty quickly. And, you know, I love my favorite quality in anybody is, like, earnest, being earnest. And if you're going to a hoedown and you, like, you're just handing yourself over, like, I'm going to do this thing. I don't care if I look silly. We're having a great time. My face hurt. I was smiling oh, so hard. Oh, that's so great. Um, and yeah, so you, then you get, you kind of circle up. You We went with a group of people, but you end up dancing with all kinds of sure. people. There were like all ages of people there too, all different, like uh, I'd never done a hoedown before, so right. I had no idea what I was doing. There were people who were pros, um, but it was like just so much fun. Like just a really nice way to spend a Friday night where you feel like you're kind of sweaty. Someone said I had a glow. Oh I'm my like, goodness. no, it's, it's hoedown sweat. Hoedown glow. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you ever been to Nashville? I have not. Okay, no. so my in-laws used to live in Nashville, and we would go down, and every time we went, we would go to the Wild Horse Tavern, I believe it's called. I hope it's right, the Nashville, people from Nashville. <laughs> uh, but we would dance up a storm, and yeah, I would, I would make mistakes, but everybody was so accepting, and you work up a sweat, you have a lot of fun, and you're dancing, and it feels very communal in a way that other forms of dance don't yeah and I kind of love that yeah it was so much fun I would definitely hands I would recommend it Mm -hmm. and I would go back um and yeah it's funny I you know when I was younger I used to go dancing all the time Uh, and I used to do it in heels no less like now you wouldn't catch me in a heel um but it's just I forgot that Mm -hmm. kind of feeling of like yeah, we're all kind of sweaty. We're all having fun. We're all jiving to the music, and we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Fair. Yeah. Put Nashville on your to-do places. I will. Places. You know it's what? It's so I would. wonderful. It is really. 
I, I love Tennessee. It's one of my favorite states, and I just love Nashville. It's such a great, great Do you place. like Nashville hot chicken? I do. Yeah. I do, and, and, oh, some of the places we ate there in Nashville was just out of this world. Uh, let's talk about Blog T.O., because we mentioned it, and I'm sure there's some listeners saying, what exactly is mm. that? So tell us. Uh, Blog T.O., uh, they've been around for maybe 10 years, um, maybe even longer. They're just, like, everything to do with Toronto, so it's it's you it's your news. They do a lot of restaurant um, reviews. They do a lot of video content. Um, their Instagram game is very strong. Yes, it you is. know the social media stuff. They've got it on lock. Um, but it's basically like you're all things Toronto. It's like yeah, if you were coming to Toronto, you'd go to Blog Tio to see mm. where to eat, um, or like what new mm. events. Immersive, you know, <laughs> so many immersive is the hot word. But yeah. like all these you know pop ups that are happening, or different stores that are opening, or things that are closing. Um, so they're yes, just on, I know. You, yeah. like, uh, what was closing recently? I read an article. Clinton's on I was is like, closing. Oh, no, I know. I so I performed now, at Clinton's. It's around the corner years. from my house. It's 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 got its own charm and beauty, and it's like so heartbreaking, right? It's really sad. Uh, you know, I want to say that it's it's a love letter to Toronto, but it's so much more blog to you. I find it undiscriminating. In other words, they cover everything, mm-hmm. and so some Toronto publications, whether it be digital or printed can be a little bit snobby. In other words, this is the cool place to go. These are the top 10 this. Uh, you know, here's photos of all these fancy people at fancy parties. Yep. But I find Blog TO really uh, transcends uh, gender, race, uh, what's it called, society norms, and uh, almost like money. Like, you can spend a lot, you can spend a little, but this is our city, bruises and all. Yeah. And all the things we do, great and maybe not so great, but here's what's out there. Like, it's very accessible, it's I think. It's so yeah. accessible. I think you guys do such a wonderful, you, you all do such a wonderful job. And thank well, and you for that. And it's a small team. Like it's, Is it? It's pretty small. I remember my first day being like, I'm going to walk into an office full of people, busy away in their yeah. suits and stuff. And it's like, oh, I know you. There's like six of us. And really? Yeah. It's a, wow. it's a pretty small and mighty team. It's growing. Okay. It's for sure growing. But um, yeah, I was kind of shocked when I walked in and I'm like, you don't have three different managers? Like, radio seems a little convoluted sometimes, so. There's something I love about BlogTO and something I love about our city. Mm-hmm. It's the font. It's the font you guys use, <laughs> yes. I think, is wonderful. That's so funny that you say that because I'm a big font Are you? person. Okay. Um, we, I just... have, we haven't talked about fonts on this podcast yet, so <laughs> let's dive into fonts. I mean, I don't know if I'm, like, super, like, you know, uh, learned about the oh, different ones. Oh, you don't ones, have to be. I feel the same way about BlogTO where I'm like, this... I think it's Georgia, <laughs> the font that they use. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit gray, and it's it's a good size. The and, size is perfect, just so everyone knows. And you know, and they are very um, purposeful about their paragraph breaking and stuff like that. And that resonates readable. with me. Resonates with me like you wouldn't believe. I love those short okay. paragraphs. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I think you're right. That's a really fun uh, thing to clock because it's like same thing. I think about that often when I see when I do freelance or stuff like that and I see the font that they end up using and I'm like, I would never write in that font. (laughs) Can I tell you my favorite Toronto font, what it is? Oh, yes. The font that the uh, the city of Toronto uses on its subway platforms. Like the the Chester or the Broadview? Yeah. The way it's engraved and and the look of that font 
is my favorite font. And I know it might sound biased because I live in this city and I've grown around it. <clears throat> and it feels like a font from, it's it's been years and years yeah. that it's been on our subway system. But that font is my favorite font of all fonts. Uh, can I tell you, a couple weeks ago, my friend posted, or my cousin posted a picture. She's like, oh, we're in Toronto for the day. And there was like a sliver of mint green and like just the outline subtle, like a little R. And I was like, oh, you're at Chester Station, aren't you? She's like, oh, my God, how did you know that? Yeah. I'm like, well, I just know. Um, because it is. It's very recognizable. That is a great font. I also like the City of Toronto font. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ontario, not so much. Fair enough. <laughs> Listen, there's some fonts that resonate. I used to like the old Ontario, the like 1960s kind of look that they had. Okay. With the, it had like the trillium, which is our provincial yep. flower in a very 60s kind of font. I used yep. to like that one. What I love about the subway font is that it's so great to get selfies because you can take words out of the font. So, for example, <laughs> Ossington, I was able to take Sing. Oh, yeah. And I put Sing when somebody was doing a song or a concert. Nice. And Christy Station, my buddy Chris, it was his birthday and it happened to be here. So I took a picture of me with yep. Chris and wished him a happy birthday. But there's so many of those because of the font spacing where you can really get that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite subway station? And again, we're getting really I inside. Love, I love Museum. Yes. I think Museum is a beautiful station. It happens to be, if you're on the subway in Toronto and you get off at Museum, you'll be near the ROM. Mm -hmm. And what they've done there is the poles they've made into some archetypes that you would find. I don't know if archetype is the right word, but they made the impression of like a totem yeah. or like an Egyptian uh, statue. And it's really, you really feel like you're going to the museum before you even enter into the ROM by just getting off the subway. Yeah. What's yeah, your favorite? Yeah, that one's super cool. Um, I do love museum. I um, I really love DuPont Station. Really? So DuPont is like almost terracotta color. Um, and it's all t those tiny little like hexagon bricks. Yes. And it's covered floor to ceiling. Like as soon as you walk in off the top. And the, again, what I like about it is it's kind of this domed escalator off the street. 60s kind of like... Um, spaceship kind yeah. of look. Yeah, so you go into the dome, and you go yeah. down this thing, and all of a sudden it opens up, and it's this big, like, terracotta, like, feel like the inside of a belly, almost. Um, and then there's, like, beautiful stonework, and I'm yeah. just like, for something that's, you know, kind of dumpy, it's a subway, and it's, you know, meant to be dirty, this just looks very beautiful. What about the station, and I can't remember the name, and it's the one where you're walking into this, it almost looked like an old mansion, that they didn't tear down the house, and they uh, made it into, like you're walking through the front door, but you're not walking into a house. You're oh. walking into, it's right near uh, Spadina Station. Uh, it's south of it. It's on the Bloor Line. It is, um, oh, folks, I'm so sorry. I can't think. It, on the Bloor Line? It's on the Bloor Line, heading south. Well, the Bloor Line goes east to west. Sorry, it's on the uh, Young Line. Would it be college? No, it's not college. Um Oh, we'll find out, folks, by the well, end of this podcast. I'm thinking, now I'm just going through each and all of them. Yeah. So this is the actual, the Spadina station, and it's, um, I guess, the Norman B. Gash house. Um, so yeah, so they just basically built the entrance. Now I'm getting really like, caught on the mic. And fast. I love it. <laughs> they uh, built this entrance like in an old house, and they actually kept the facade. A very Toronto thing, might I add. Yes. Uh, let's assign something heritage, and then take out the insides and turn it into a condo it's or a subway platform. 85 Spadina Road, and it was built in 1899. And I wow. think 
I'm sure they were going to tear it down because they needed a subway platform yeah. there. And they're like, somebody must have come in, whoever did, to save it. Thank you so much. It's yeah. such a unique part of Toronto. I just couldn't remember it at the time, but I'm like, I drive by it all the time. Well, good for you for knowing Spadina. Spadina's weird, too, because they do it's, go both ways. And there's that long hallway, and it's very silly. Well, I, I, so I said it was on the blue line. Clearly, it's not. Anyways, thank you so much. <laughs> so Them. I do like Queen Station because the macaroni man. Macaroni Man. Is it Queen? Uh, oh, you might be right. I'm just not. Queen and Young. There's like just a picture. It's not the Macaroni Man. He's actually like an actual figure. <laughs> but he's got like an orange face and curly macaroni looking hair. I don't know this one. Uh, oh, this is great. Yeah, Queen. I feel like it's Queen Station. Like you go to the Eaton Center from there. Okay. Um, and they've just got like, it's very colorful. It's very bright. And yeah, the Macaroni Man. I, it's bother. I feel like a a phony because I don't know who he is. <laughs> I feel well, like I once okay. did. Listen, I love macaroni, man. That's, that's great for me. That's all I need. Um, <laughs> what is your least favorite font? My least, um, you know what? I really liked Arial for a while and okay. now I can't stand oh, you it. Don't li- you don't like Arial? Okay. I just feel like it got overused. I think it was like my email font for a while. Okay. And now I just feel like, leave me alone, Arial. <laughs> So what is your default? Are you Garamond? I am a Garamond. Uh, I don't know if I said, I said it right yet. I know. I've realized I've never said it out loud. Okay. Uh, Garamond, I like it. Georgia. Georgia's you know what? Awesome. I'm coming back around to Times New Roman. Yeah. <laughs> it's classic for a reason, right? It is. Yeah. It's one of those ones I would never touch. Like mm-hmm. if I had a school project, I'd always do something different. But now I find myself coming back to it and it just feels like home. <laughs> That's amazing. Danny, you are a radio host, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. an improviser, a producer, a writer, and I want to talk about something you're involved with that I think is just amazing, and that is Drag Queen Storytime. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I've, um, so obviously drag and RuPaul's Drag Race is very much in the zeitgeist now. It's very mainstream, um, but it did come out, you know, 12 years ago, and I was like, I've watched it since day one, and I love Drag for me, you know, I'm a straight cisgender woman. Um, It kind of just gave me like this, oh my gosh, if I can see you being confident and you exploring your femininity and you being funny and campy and um, embracing these things about you that might be strange or odd or kind of other, then it just kind of gave me this feeling of like, oh my God, I love this energy and I love this scene and this art form. Uh, And so I was always just really into drag and uh, Toronto's got an amazing drag scene. so just kind of being a fan of drag, uh, I met this woman who had just had a kid and she was like, I kind of want to put on this event where we have drag queens read to kids. I know you know a lot of drag queens, so can you help me organize it? So we put on this one event and it was a great success. People loved it. Um, I don't get into drag, <laughs> um, but sure. I book the drag queens um, and kind of do that side of it. So we did this one event. It was great. And then it just with people were like, when's the next one? When's the next one? So it's been, I guess this will be our third year. Um, Pride is it. Like June is the month. Sure. Um, That's Pride in Toronto. Yes. So we get so many bookings. Um, So I I would say I'm basically like a drag queen agent. Okay. But I only really book for these like family events. So we work with a lot of libraries. We work with a lot of schools in the Toronto um, district. So let's let's uncover this. So uh, you talked about how you got into it and you talked about I love that you talked about drag as an art form. And I think that is a perspective of drag that I think is wonderful and needs to be recognized. 
But what exactly is drag time storytelling? So basically, or story time. Sorry, we go into so. It's funny, we have one today, actually, too, in Mississauga. Um, and I've been getting pictures sent to me <laughs> constantly. But it's, uh, we'll have a, one or two queens, um, and they get paid. So it's all, you know, we're, funnel- we're getting money to the queens. Wonderful. Yeah, so that's, I was passionate about that. Like, we're not doing anything for free here. I do it for free, but uh, the queens get paid. Um, so they'll come in, they'll read maybe four or five stories. They'll interact with the kids. They're all up in hair, makeup, dress, whatever. Um, and they'll just read stories. And some of the stories, it's been a long time. I'm not a kid. I don't have sure. kids since I've seen some of the books that are geared to children. And there's some beautiful stories about acceptance and gender identity and all different types of families and being yourself. And, you know, I'm a boy and I want to carry a purse. Like, there's just right. so many stories for kids now. And are there stories that are just our classic kind of stories, like, that that aren't based in that as well? Like, you know uh, like we, Good Night Moon, I think We that's haven't really... Uh, I do love Goodnight Moon, but no, we've, we we kind of do, if anything, we do the ones like, just be who you are, be yourself. Great. I can't think of the of the author right sure. now. Um, but he's got a whole series of books that are very, like, you know, pretty iconic. Um, what I love about this, and I apologize for cutting you off, no, no. but it seems like drag artists tell a story with their drag, mm-hmm. just visually, right? And having these artists and these performers read a story and get into a story that connects with kids is such a wonderful thing. Well, and it's it's one of those things where we think of like, you know, Disney princesses. Like, sure. you know, we're not, this isn't too far off from costuming and, and embodying like a different person. And my favorite part of it yes. is not so much the kids, it's the adults. So, for example, like we do, it's very different when you do a library versus a school Libraries, it's like the kids, the parents are dragging the kids. They're looking for something to fill an hour at 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Um, and I've learned a lot about attention spans of children sure. through this. Um, but when we go into the schools, I, I remember the first one we did, I got a little worried because I'm like, the kids aren't with their parents. They're right. all a little tooted up and they're a little bit like, oh, this is a fun, exciting thing. Like a drag queen's in our school. The drag queens walk through, they're like celebrities. Their sure. pictures are up on the walls. The kids are like, whoa. So it's pretty fun. And I remember we did one where um, a week earlier we had done a bunch of little kids. And so the little kids are just like, oh, my God, like you're wearing a wig. And like, do you know Elsa? And like it's just that kind of stuff. They're like, listen, the older kids really want you to come back. So can you come back next week with the older kids? And this is like grade six to eight or something. And I was like, yeah, sure. I was a little nervous. Just like, are they going to be respectful? Of course. Like, are they going to be, are they going to get it? Right. and so halfway through, kids were, you could hear a pin drop. Wow. Like, they were just so respectful, so wonderful. We did a question and answer segment, and their, their questions were just, I mean, hands down, the most popular question is, can you take off your wig? <laughs> and I remember one, like, how do you get so good at walking on your tippy toes? And these, like, how do you work, wear those shoes? So they're very concerned with the, the physical stuff. But they're sure. also like, you know, so you're a boy that dresses up as a girl? Like, why? And yeah. th- there's no filter, right? Like, there's of no... They're respectful, but they, they're curious, and it's kind of wonderful. And so during this whole thing, this teacher comes up to me, and she's an older woman, and she tears streaming down her face, and oh, she just wow. looks at me. She's like, this is beautiful. This would not have happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I had to have a little cry off in the, sure. the gym <laughs> ballroom. Uh, but I was just like this. This is why we do it, because it's like 
it's not just the kids. The kids will go home and be like, Mom, I saw drag queen at school. And like, (laughs) it's basically, we're literacy, we're gender uh, identity and acceptance. Those are our three kind of like tenets. Um, But like, it's the adults too. And like, we go to different places and libraries where people show up and they don't have kids. They just don't get the opportunity to see drag in Mississauga or, you know, we did Durham last year and we're like in Scugog. And it's like, yeah, I've never seen a drag queen up close. Right. Um, so those types of experiences that are wonderful. And the queens love it. They don't have to deal with drunk people. Sure. Yeah, because a lot of their performances are in bars yeah. late at night with rowdy crowds. Yeah. And this is a different uh, venue for it them as well. It fills their bucket. Like, it's it's lovely. Now, let me ask you this. If someone's in Toronto or someone's a local mm-hmm. and they want to see Drag Queen Storytime. It's a bit of a clunky name, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because I, I don't want to get it wrong. But where would they go or how can they find out more? Uh, so we we are on Facebook. We try, like I said, it's basically me and another woman volunteering our time. So we try to keep that updated as much as possible. Toronto Drag Queen Storytime on Facebook. Um, I believe we're Drag Queen Storytime on Instagram. Um, so we're pretty easy to find that way. And, and we try to keep those updated as much as possible. And does RuPaul know you're doing this? Like, is, I is she, don't know. Uh, I would be thrilled. Well... RuPaul's a big fan of our podcast, so I'll make... Really? I hope. We'll see. We'll oh. see. We'll, we'll tweet it out. If you know RuPaul, and uh, you can ask Ru if uh, they know about this and uh, connect Danny with Ru, that would be nice, wouldn't well, it? Well, and RuPaul was on Saturday Night Live last week or two weeks ago, yeah. and they did a little reading thing, but it was very much drag queen reading, not, right. you know, story time. Um, but I was like, oh, this this looks very much like what we do. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm a huge fan of RuPaul. I'm almost afraid... To meet Rube, I feel like it would be one of those you shouldn't meet your hero kind of people. Sure. Um, but definitely so much respect. And yeah. 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 What a wonderful thing Rue has done for the community for uh, just, just bringing that acceptance and bringing that to the forefront and out of, you know, cabarets at 1 a.m. in, in smaller it's, areas of the city. It's incredible yeah. to me how much drag has changed and evolved. And, and for the for the better in a lot of ways. Sometimes sure. I th- I'm sure people would argue that for the worst in other ways, but uh, it's pretty incredible to yeah. see the trajectory of a lot of these careers that have been launched because of this show. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that to our of our city. Of I course, think that's my wonderful. pleasure. <laughs> I hope people listen to this and decide to <clears throat> bring it to other areas of the world. Because how it, great it, would You it know be? what it is? It's oh. We got the idea from, <clears throat> it certainly wasn't our original idea. I okay. think they were doing it in New York. Um, there is kind of a global drag queen story time uh, thing. They do do it in L.A. Great. It's kind of like, you know, drag brunch became very popular. Of drag course. queen story time. Also, we're not the only game in town. Um, oh. Faye and Fluffy are another um, duo of queens, and they do their own drag queen story time. So we kind of started off as East Toronto. Right. And now we've kind of expanded. We do a lot of Mississauga and Durham and kind of surrounding areas. Faye and Fluffy are kind of the Glad Day Bookshop. Okay. Or the Gladstone Hotel. Um, so they're also lovely people. and oh, Shout out to Faye, to Faye and Fluffy. And Fluffy yeah. That's wonderful. Yep. Um, well, listen, we're coming to the end oh, of bad. this uh, episode. <laughs> Danny Stover, thank you so much. Where can people follow you or your uh, podcast? Uh, yeah, you can follow Only in Toronto, or not follow, but you can subscribe to Only in Toronto is the name of the Blogteo podcast. Uh, Blogteo.com is where you'll find you know all that other great stuff. Um, in Georgia font, 12 point. Um, and you can follow me, Danny Gray, D-A-N-I-G-R-A-Y on Twitter. Um, Danny Stover on Instagram, just to keep it in- interesting. Amazing. Um, so yeah, those are basically where you'll find me. And for Drag Queen Storytime, go to Facebook and you can see what's going on. Toronto, in- uh, Toronto Drag Queen Storytime, just search it and you'll find it. Our logo right now is like a weird like rainbow owl. 
Um, so yeah, you'll you'll find it and you'll see everything we're doing there. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Denny, thank you so much Thanks for, for being a part me. of uh, our episode. Today was recorded at Ryerson University at Toronto PodCamp, where you just did a uh, panel or workshop discussion. Uh, what was your discussion on? We did uh, improv and podcasting and how it was basically about listening and yes-anding and heightening and stuff like that. So it was very fun. We were all up on our feet doing exercises and... Yeah, very good. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being a part of our uh, podcast, uh, the only Canadian sleepcast on uh, your podcasting networks. Please give us a five-star review or let us know what you think of our podcast. Until the next time, we hope you listen and sleep.